Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of esophageal varices from the gastrointestinal section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 60-year-old man with a history of alcoholic cirrhosis presents to the emergency room after an episode of coffee ground emesis. He had been drinking for the past few days and reports that he had not been eating properly. He is found to be fecal occult positive. On cutaneous exam, he has palmar erythema and scattered telangiectasias. This is a case of esophageal varices. Let's now get into the topic. Let's start with an introduction about esophageal varices. In terms of an overview, esophageal varices result as a collateral system often secondary to portal hypertension, and often these varices may present as acute gastrointestinal bleeding. In terms of the epidemiology and incidence, 50% of patients with cirrhosis will present with esophageal varices. Risk factors include liver disease, NSAIDs, and coagulopathy. Liver disease can include cirrhosis, hepatitis B, and alcohol use. Coagulopathy can present a splenic venous thrombosis. Let's now discuss the pathogenesis of this condition. With respect to the mechanism, Varices often develop in patients with portal hypertension. Varices offer a channel that diverts pressure from portal circulation to the systemic circulation. This results from increased vasodilation of gastric and esophageal vessels and vasoconstriction of the intrahepatic vessels. Note that the varices are often found in the lower one-third of the esophagus and can extend into the gastric veins. With respect to associated conditions, medical conditions and comorbidities include hepatic encephalopathy, ascites, bacterial peritonitis, primary biliary cirrhosis, and Bud-Chiari syndrome. Let's now discuss the clinical presentation including symptoms and physical exam findings of esophageal varices. In terms of common symptoms, the presentation depends on the rate of gastrointestinal bleeding. Patients may present with hematemesis, coffee ground emesis, melina, and or hematochesia. With respect to physical exam findings on inspection, you would notice signs of liver disease, which include spider angiomata, caput medusae, palmar erythema, gynecomastia, hepatosplenomegaly, and or telangiectasias. Let's now discuss diagnostic studies used to diagnose esophageal varices. In terms of serum labs, you would need to order hemoglobin levels and hematocrit. You should also order the platelet count. With respect to invasive studies, the main study used to diagnose this condition is esophagogastroduodenoscopy, or EGD. In terms of its indications, it is indicated in all patients with GI bleed. Note that an EGD is diagnostic and can be therapeutic. With respect to findings on EGD, you would notice abnormal venous dilation. In terms of a differential diagnosis, the main differential to keep in mind here is peptic ulcer disease. The key distinguishing factor for peptic ulcer disease is that the EGD shows ulcers rather than abnormal venous dilation. Let's now discuss the treatment modalities used to treat esophageal varices. Medical treatment involves resuscitation and the use of somatostatin analogs, antibiotic prophylaxis, beta blockers, and or isosorbide mononitrate. The indication for resuscitation is for acute variceal hemorrhage. The modalities would include intravenous fluids, and blood transfusions to maintain a hemoglobin level of greater than 8 grams per deciliter. 
somatostatin analogs are indicated for acute variceal hemorrhage, and the drugs in this class include octreotide and vapriotide. Antibiotic prophylaxis is indicated for acute variceal hemorrhage and cirrhosis. Drugs in this class would include ciprofloxacin and ceftriaxone. Beta blockers are indicated after acute episodes of variceal hemorrhage and to reduce the rebleeding rate and mortality. Note that beta blockers are used as secondary prophylaxis of bleeding. And finally, isosorbide mononitrate is indicated after acute episodes of variceal hemorrhage as an adjuvant therapy with beta blockers and as a venodilator. In terms of surgical treatment, you would perform EGD and or transjugular intrahepatic portocable shunt or TIPS procedure. EGD is indicated for all patients as it is diagnostic and therapeutic. Modalities include endoscopic ligation and sclerotherapy. The TIPS procedure is indicated for refractory variceal bleeding. And in terms of complications, esophageal varices can be complicated by variceal bleeding, hepatic encephalopathy, and or hepatorenal syndrome. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question, a 55-year-old man is brought to the emergency department for one episode of bloody emesis. He reports feeling lightheaded this morning, and shortly after breakfast, he felt nauseous and had an episode of bloody emesis. He denies any trauma, fever, abnormal ingestions, or recent infections. He endorses black stools over the past few days. His past medical history is significant for alcohol abuse and cirrhosis. A physical examination demonstrates mild jaundice and ascites. What is the mechanism of action of the medication that can be used in the management of this patient's condition? 1. Antagonists of beta-1 and beta-2 adrenergic receptors. 2. Inhibition of gastric parietal cell hydrogen-potassium ATPase. 3. Reversible block of histamine H2 receptors. 4. Somatostatin analog leading to constriction of the splanchnic vessels or 5, stimulation of CGMP production leading to vascular smooth muscle relaxation. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 4, somatostatin analog leading to constriction of the splanchnic vessels. This patient is most likely experiencing an esophageal variceal bleed as demonstrated by his hematemesis, melina, and lightheadedness in the setting of chronic alcohol abuse and cirrhosis. In the case of acute esophageal variceal bleeds, medications such as octreotide, which is a somatostatin analog, can be used to control bleeding. Remember, esophageal varices are dilated submucosal veins in the lower third of the esophagus that occur secondary to portal hypertension. Portal hypertension commonly develops from cirrhosis of the liver. Patients may present asymptomatically or with an upper gastrointestinal bleed. Common symptoms include lightheadedness, hematochesia, melina, or hematemesis. Patients who are diagnosed with esophageal varices are preventatively treated with beta blockers, for example, propranolol. However, during an acute bleed, octreotide is usually given to control the bleeding. Other treatment options include therapeutic endoscopy or balloon tamponade. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, antagonists of the beta-1 and beta-2 adrenergic receptors describes beta blockers which are used for preventative treatment of esophageal varices. This patient is actively bleeding and thus octreotide is the better option. 
Answer choice two, inhibition of gastric parietal cell hydrogen potassium ATPase describes the mechanism of action of proton pump inhibitors. Proton pump inhibitors are not the best option in the management of acute esophageal bleed, but are used in the prevention of gastritis. Answer choice three, reversible block of histamine H2 receptors describes H2 blockers such as cimetidine, which is used in the treatment of mild esophageal reflux, peptic ulcer, or gastritis. And finally, answer choice five, stimulation of CGMP production leading to vascular smooth muscle relaxation describes the mechanism of action for isosorbide mononitrate. Like beta blockers, isosorbide mononitrate is used as a preventative measure in patients with esophageal varices. In summary, octreotide, which works as a somatostatin analog that constricts splanchnic vessels, is used in the acute management of esophageal variceal bleeds. Next question. A 60-year-old male presents to your office for follow-up after an upper gastrointestinal endoscopy revealed the presence of esophageal varices. His medical history is significant for cirrhosis caused by heavy alcohol abuse for the past 20 years. He was instructed to follow up with his primary care physician for management of his condition. Which of the following is the most appropriate next step for prevention of future variceal bleeding? 1. Careful observation. 2. Octreotide. 3. Natalol. 4. Isosorbide mononitrate. Or 5. Transjugular intrahepatic portosystemic shunt. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3, natalol. The preferred method of primary and secondary prevention for variceal bleeding is a non-selective beta blocker such as propranolol or natalol. Remember, esophageal varices are a complication of cirrhosis and portal hypertension. Other complications of cirrhosis include ascites, spontaneous bacterial peritonitis, hepatic encephalopathy, and hepatorenal syndrome. In the acute setting, variceal bleeding can be treated with intravenous octreotide, endoscopic banding, and sclerotherapy, while long-term solutions include the TIPS procedure and liver transplantation. Let's now review two citations related to this topic. In the first citation, Heidelbaugh and Sherbondi discuss the complications of cirrhosis and chronic liver disease. They suggest propranolol 40 to 80 milligrams twice daily as the preferred method of prevention and mention isosorbide mononitrate as an alternative in patients who cannot tolerate beta blockade. In the second citation, Gonzalez et al. conducted a meta-analysis of studies comparing combined endoscopic intervention and beta blockade with either method alone in patients who had already experienced variceal bleeding. They reported that combined therapy was significantly more effective in preventing future variceal bleeding than either therapy alone, although there was no statistical difference in mortality benefit. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, careful observation, is incorrect. The risk of re-bleeding without treatment is extremely high. Therefore, observation alone is not recommended. Answer choice 2, octreotide, is useful in the acute setting of variceal bleeding, not as prevention. Answer choice four, nitrates are second-line options for treatment of esophageal varices if beta blockade is contraindicated. And finally, answer choice five, transjugular intrahepatic portosystemic shunt, or TIPS, is typically reserved for patients in whom pharmaceutical interventions are not effective. TIPS increases the risk of hepatic encephalopathy. And that's all for this review about esophageal varices. Hopefully that was helpful.
This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullet Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 podcast.